You're listening to Tech Writer Voices, a podcast dedicated to covering all topics and issues related to the field of technical communication. My name is Tom Johnson. I'm your host. Today I'm talking with Ann Gentle. She's a senior member of the STC in Texas. She's very knowledgeable about wikis, about AuthorIt, about DITA, and a lot of other things. In this podcast, we're talking exclusively about wikis, and I'm asking her all the most difficult questions that I could come up with about wikis. And she, you might also want to know that she recently authored an article in the September-October 2000 issue of Intercom titled The Quick Web for Technical Documentation. And the the summary question text below it says, How can a wiki be used to build user-centric, user-maintained technical documentation sites that offer thorough and accurate technical information? So in this episode, or or in this article, sorry, and really gets into wikis and how you can use them as um, in your in your help content deliverables. Anne has a blog at justrightclick.com, right, spelled W-R-I-T-E. So I encourage you to check it out. She has some great content there. And if you want to get in touch with her, you can you can do so from the contact page of her blog or the about page of her blog. Uh, before we get into the podcast, though, we do have a brief um, commercial from our sponsors, Lunar Pages, web hosting company. And after that, we'll jump straight into the interview. My name is Tom. If you have any kind of feedback you want to send to me, you can send it to me at tom at techwritervoices.com. I always enjoy hearing from listeners. And if you have topics that you want to hear, let me know. This topic actually was requested by a listener in Denmark. All right, enjoy. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's going to blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. Scott. For out of this world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com. Hi, Anne. This is Tom. How are you doing? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. What city are you in over there? I'm in Austin. Austin, Texas. Austin. Great. Well, thanks for, for taking time out to uh, do this podcast on wikis today. Sure. Um, First off, congratulations on publishing your article in in the intercom. Did you get any feedback on it? From oh, readers? thanks. Um, you know, I've been keeping an eye on that forum, which I think is a great idea that they set that up. And uh, so far, not many comments. I've started posting my own thoughts so that people can find them on the forum. But and just um, kind of either random responses on other people's blogs, which is kind of neat to see, um, especially since. It's the one article that was allowed to be free, and I'm like, that's great. Anybody can get to it. You don't have to be an STC member. 
you know, yeah. so that was cool. Actually, I was reading your blog today, and you said that you had lunch with Don Day, the, the Ditta guy, yeah. and you were talking about, like, ways to to do Ditta through wikis. Yeah. And, uh, maybe later you can touch upon that a little bit. I, I don't know if you guys have any uh, definitive sort of ideas set, but it would be interesting to hear that, too. Yeah, everybody's got ideas. Not sure if the team <laughs> is there, but, yeah, I'll, yeah, we can definitely get to that. All right. Well, now the topic for this podcast was actually submitted by uh, somebody in Denmark, and I can't. I can't I'm trying. The name blanks out on me. It's like um, Dane Dana Kier or something. I I should know that before I start. <laughs> oh wait, I've got it written down here. I've got it somewhere. Uh, Diane Diane Kier Kiergaard. Uh, can't really pronounce it. Yeah. But she she was asking a really good question that I've had about wikis too. And and you are the wiki guru, so that's why I think you're the perfect person to answer this. Better I'm the first one to uh, dip my toe in the uh, unknown water. Well, <laughs> the basic question is this: yeah. Wikis are great for authoring. You can put content in them, but how do you reuse that content? Is it just kind of trapped in the wiki medium? Can you single source or what? Right. I mean, I think this is the classic question that I've been getting myself too. And it's actually a good lead-in because it is the ultimate question. Everyone's trying to come up with, you know, can I treat my wiki as a CMS? Can I treat my wiki as the the place where I house and then publish output from there? And, I mean, wiki engines are, are really powerful. If you go out to wikimatrix.org, there's like 95 engines that you can compare. And what's, what's happening is, yes, there's still simple ones. There's like peanut butter... Easy as a peanut butter sandwich, PB Wiki, um, you know. But there's also really powerful ones running websites that have, you know, a lot of the a lot of the Web 2.0 extras that people want to get out of a wiki, which is you know, threaded comments on every article. Um, it's actually doing conflict resolution for you, um, things like that. So, you know, everyone's anyone who has had a customer say we need this in a wiki. They're, if they already have a good content management system, you know, everyone just kind of slaps their forehead and says, ah, how am I going to get it? Um, you know, am I going to be, am I going to be downstream of the wiki or am I going to be upstream? So anyway, single source and wikis, one idea is that you, you say you have your source in your normal content management system and you export it to a wiki. And then when any changes come into the wiki that are, like, really valuable um, contributions, you'd have to have some person, a writer or whoever, go through all those edits and figure out what would go back into your source. And then the next version of your wiki, it would be like the wiki as a book or a wiki as an output. Um, and it's, it's similar to um, when you go through your support forums or your, you know, customer call logs, and you try to figure out what you want to put in the next version of your document, that's, I think that's what that model would be like. A while ago, there was a tool I came across called RoboHelp to Wiki or something like that that was supposed to be able to, to, be able to uh, output to Wiki content from RoboHelp. But it seems like you'd lose all the version control and, and maybe user comments that are preserved through these layers of edits that take place yeah. each time you output. Yeah, and... <laughs> You know, I, it's it's kind of the well. There, there's a um, a person at Intel, I think in Israel, Paul Candle. He's been emailing me with ideas, um, and it's 
because he kind of, you know, I was like, well, why don't you just make your wiki your output? And he kind of pushed back on that. And he's he's more into, like, well, what if you have an offline wiki and then you synchronize every once in a while? So, you know, he he's talking about this Dojo offline toolkit. And then when the wiki's offline, that's when you edit and it's frozen in time. But then you publish it again, and then everybody can synchronize with their online version. And I don't know if I fully understand everything, but, you know, <laughs> on the author IT user list, I think it was like back in spring, someone said, you know, we have this wonderful author IT database with all this content. They want me to export it and then put it all into Wikimedia. And um, my coworker Mary is on that list a lot, and you know she was like, "Wait a minute, then, then your content is downstream, and you want to be the other way, you know? You want to, you want to be able to if there's if someone's going to contribute really good content to that wiki, you want to get it back into Author IT. So it was a good example of, you know, kind of the things that people are struggling with when they're when they're, you know, marketing department or whoever comes to them and says, "Hey, you have all this great content. Let's put it in a wiki." You know, you really have to start analyzing uh, what source, you know. So now another idea is, of course, that what if your wiki files themselves are the source? And that's where people really get excited about a Ditto wiki. If there was a web editor that, you know, Ditto users who knew how to code Ditto could just write it up in Ditto, but then have this limited, um, you know, WordPress or blogger-like interface for people who wanted to contribute, you know, either... Wiki text or plain HTML. I don't know. In that case, you know, the wiki platform is the publishing engine itself. And um, a lot of writers um, really like Confluence because it has a great PDF publishing engine and it has this almost like a word like editing interface. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. So I'm keeping an eye on that too. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. That's one of the major, uh, one of the bigger, more robust wiki um, platforms out there, right? Yeah. I remember a while ago you were wrestling with this question or you were writing about it um, as to whether wikis could be like the standalone help content or if they were just to be treated as a supplement to the regular help. Did you ever come to a conclusion about that? You know, I, the more people I talk to and the more examples I look, le- look at, I'm, I'm finding that... There really are certain types of information that the wiki is best suited for. So in that case, if, you know, if it's say, you know, okay, so like reference information. A wiki is more searchable, allows for easy upload of, you know, lots of text. Um, you know, I work, um, and here in Austin, there's, there's this Freescale group that has just tables and tables of hard, hardware spec information. And it's just reference information, you know. And so if they can find a way to upload that to a wiki, that might be a good use. I don't know. It's a quick way to get web storage system going. You know what I mean? Um, there's also kind of the wiki as the the enhanced support forum. You know, take the troubleshooting information out of your hard copy manuals, out of your online help system, put it in a wiki and let it live there forever and ever, amen. You know, so just kind of, if you can pick and choose the types of information that that you want to live in a wiki, that's, you know, another approach. So I think it probably just comes down to chunking of information. It's, is troubleshooting information supplemental? Well, maybe it is if it's in a wiki. I don't know. 
So why would step-based procedures not not be the ideal kind of content for Wiki? You're talking about troubleshooting and reference information being the more ideal types of, of content suited for a Wiki. What's wrong with the, the step-based content? I think it can be in a Wiki, but better than just sort of procedural information um, would be here's the best way to do this procedure, you know, scenario-based. Here's the way that you do this procedure when you're in this particular software hardware environment and you're trying to complete this particular goal. I mean, it's almost like the conclusion I'm coming to is that supplemental part is that if you have certain types of information that may be supplemental to, like, the core documentation, you would, you know, put that into your wiki. And I guess, you know, I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks this way, but you know, I've had managers in the past who argue for funding for tech pub students because $75,000 car, you expect to have a manual in the glove box. And you can't cheap out on that, and, and you know, it, it's directly tied to this expectation that a customer has when they get a high-end product or an expensive enterprise piece of software or, you know, any kind of consumer-level electronic device. There's this expectation. But what's interesting is when the tech writing department wants to get out of the glove box and try to get more into the mechanics head for your car. Um, that's, you know, that's where there's, that's where I think um, Wiki might lie is either in the, you know, more advanced troubleshooting, more advanced scenario-based writing, um, you know, something beyond that manual in your glove box, I, if that I, makes sense. Yeah, definitely. All right, now I have a another question here, and this one, this one uh, I think is a difficult one for me um, through through experiences I had with Wiki. All right, Wikipedia apparently, although millions of people use it, fewer than one percent of users contribute more than half the edits. This is what you wrote in your article and yeah. other sources. Yeah. So if one percent, fewer than one percent of your users are basically going to contribute most of your edits and Wikipedia has millions of people who, who use it, does that mean that for technical documentation that has far fewer users, we're only going to get about 1% of our users actually uh, editing and adding? You know, I, I, think, I think that's true. And, you know, I try to find more examples. Um, I just read on keycontent.org about the MSDN wiki. Even that wiki has five top contributors. And so the numbers are there are about almost 1,900 contributors, five of those with three of those five from Microsoft made about 1,500 of the edits out of 5,800 edits. And I didn't run the percentages. What's interesting is, you know, the key is finding those five people, right? Um, maintaining relationships with the people that will contribute high-quality stuff. Um, and, it's, and it's kind of related to, you kind of really want that inner circle um, because then it's, then it's people that you can trust that you can maintain positive relationship with and you're actually able to communicate with them or, you know, have sort of, it's almost like, I don't know, it's like a any active listserv that you're on, you know the handful of people that either always know the answer or usually find the time to help someone who's new. It's all part of that online community sense. So, I don't know, I would say that's okay to have that kind of, contribution percentage. Anything beyond that, and you might spend way more time, you know, being the arbiter of it's definitely an interesting 
an interesting numbers game, and I want to watch that trend. Well, my experience in uh, using a wiki for documentation, I, I uh, <clears throat> had one user who basically made an, made a substantial edit, and it was about a paragraph, and it was okay, but like the the contribution itself, I thought didn't really fit where where it had it had been inserted by this mm-hmm, user, mm-hmm. and I wanted to. Uh, at first, I was very excited that somebody had had made and made their own contribution, but then I like had to change it and I had to move it, and eventually it disappeared altogether. What what do you think your your role as a writer is in managing the the wiki when you get comments that you or, or contributions that you don't really like. Well, I think that if you have a contributor, treat them like a colleague, treat them like a coworker. If your fellow tech writer had done the same thing, you might go to them or email them or and just say, "Oh, I'm going to categorize this this way. Here's why. I hope that's okay. Let me know, you know, where your differences lie and let's, you know, resolve that." Um, so it's it's collaborative writing, but the collaborators may or may not be, you know, down the hall from you, I guess. All right, another question I have for you. Now, this kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier, the best type of content suited for a wiki. We are talking about reference and troubleshooting information. I know that most technical writers, or at least they most should, uh, they use structured writing. They have styles. And... Mm -hmm usually have a template if you're using Word or something else where you maybe have 15 different styles that, that correspond to different parts of the document. In a wiki editor, it's pretty simple. So how do you deal with the lack of, of robust style choices and, and options in, in, in the wiki editor? It, yeah, it's tough, especially now that there's you know, nearly 100 wiki engines and this whole range of, you know, is the editor robust or is it truly just either a step above or a step below HTML. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of like what I was talking about in my blog post where um, if you really are after kind of a quick web and you don't want to take the time doing semantic tagging or doing stylized tagging, then, you know, Wiki's not for you. But if you really look at your content, all you need are headings, paragraphs, and lists. And most wiki engines give you two types of lists, a numbered one and a bulletin one. I don't think there's much of a need for complicated graphics. Um, we're not writing brochures for the most part or glossy magazine layouts, two-column kind of things. Um, now, one thing I'm not sure about is, like, you know, a lot of technical writing requires complex tables with merged header cells, and um, if you put, output it to PDF, it would be great to have that header line, you know, the header row, continue at the next page, all those sorts of things. I don't, I'm sure that the most robust wiki engines give you that, but I'll bet that the least robust, the ones that are meant for quick editing, don't give you that. So, you know, it, that is that is one of the trade-offs. So, and, it, you know, I also um, learned from one of the Motorola writers that, you know, she was she was working just so many hours trying to get graphics into Mika Wheat, uh, Media Wiki, which is the engine that um, Wikipedia runs on so bad as far as just extra hours and, and a lot of headache. So yeah, there. N- it's it seems it's to tough. me that it seems to me that the simple editor, though, although it may not be the best suited for technical writers, it's almost a requirement if you're going to expect the masses to contribute because you can't expect them 
if you if let's say you have some kind of complicated semantic tagging or data tags in there, well, the average user is not going to know anything about that. They're going to be able to recognize basic, you know, lists or bullets, and that's it. Right. I mean, I'm working right. on I'm I'm working on the the one laptop per child project, and we're just starting to get like a documentation effort going. And it's like we couldn't gather enough data users who would have the spare time to contribute to that project to try to develop that documentation. Do you know what I mean? So you, it is like the common denominator is knowledge. Yeah. Hey, you know, this is a, a strange uh, Skype experience. Maybe I'm, a, I'm on a wireless connection. I've never done this on a wireless before. And like every five minutes, uh, the the voice has to, like, catch up, so there's, like, a two-second silence, and it's strange. I don't know. <laughs> I've had, anyway. Yeah, I've had, like, three of those where I have to figure out what you're saying and wait. Sorry. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Maybe, I don't know what it is. I, I guess I haven't used Skype for a while. I know they had some problems a while back. Hey, tell me about this one one laptop per child initiative. What what is your what are you doing? Are you providing some kind of documentation for this? You know, I, I just volunteered for that this week, and... Um, it turns out that it, there is a wiki for the one laptop one, one laptop per child project, um, and it has tons of information. And you know, one of the basic concepts of the one laptop is that it, you know should be built on open source. And and it's overwhelming to think, well, how would we distribute the work if you were going to document how a child uses this laptop. And and the idea the idea originally was a hundred dollar laptop and it's um coming up to about a hundred and seventy seven dollars by the time they've, you know, figured out how to build it and with the technology they want. But it's it's running its own operating system, it's running its own set of um they call them activities um for kids and it's just such a neat project. Um I'm just I'm eager to help out in any way I can. I'll probably where, be blogging the, about it as we figure out, you know, what we're going to be doing. <laughs> where does a person buy one of these laptops, right? If if I buy a, my understanding was that I would buy a four hundred dollar laptop, and then part of that would, part of the money would go to um, subsidizing one of these other laptops or providing one for the other people. That is exactly right. If you go to dot um, org, um, and that, that is kind of what the push is for documentation right now, I believe, is that come November twelfth. You or I can go sign up for, you know, say, here's my $400. I would like my child to have a laptop, and I would like another child to have one. And, you know, it's it's such a cool little product. I mean, I have a four-year-old, and he's on my laptop all the time, and it's it's just exciting for the holiday season. Yeah, <laughs> their time is just right. Their time is just right. Yeah. All right, uh, I have um, a couple more questions here. Sure. As a technical writer, what has been your experience with wikis? Can you talk about any wikis that you are working on and how do they go or what, were the, what was the overall result or your feelings on them? Sure. Um, at BMC, we used wiki for internal team documentation. Um, and, you know, developers would put lots of information. What I found is something that um, Gordon McLean has a website, One Man Writes, um, I think it's .co.uk, and um, one of his commenters, when he was asking them how they've used wikis, he's, the commenter was like, wiki plus Google search appliance equals really, really good. And that was the experience at BMC. We put a, a Google search appliance on that thing and, and all these disparate wikis, and it was awesome. And, Steve, you know, you could just 
if you're working on a product, you just type in whatever you know parameter you're kind of looking at documenting, and you and you get the hits. And um, Steve Carl is in BNC IT, and he runs a wiki for all kinds of configuration information. So there were a lot of good internal uses, but what I was more curious about was you know how are these being used externally, and that's that was kind of my quest, you know. How are other people doing this? So that's when I started interviewing people. I interviewed um, Dee Elling at Borland, uh, Emily Kaplan at Motorola. Um, there are definitely people doing it, and I'm not. I have not. Just now, in the company I'm working at now, um, on imuscommunity.com, it's it's sort of it's a Drupal-based interface, so it's kind of wiki-like where every page has an edit button or an edit tab, and you can kind of edit it. And so I've been kind of exploring that. Um, but I haven't, I haven't yet had a product or a customer need for a wiki. You know, I use, I have a media wiki installed on my own just web host. Oh sure. Uh, it's not an external one. It's totally internal and it's password protected. I'm the only one who actually uses it, which is a little uh, <laughs> kind of goes against the grain of a wiki. But well, but it's I fast it. web pages, which is the original. Yeah, yeah. I use it to to store notes and goals and like to do lists and plans and other kind of writings. Uh, I've just found it uh, easier. Well, to... we are actually doing that for our STC community website. We just started a, a PV wiki. And we have our to-do lists, you know, for our web tasks. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, kind of project management, you know, fast, easy, every team member can get to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. One of the things that I like about MediaWiki, and the reason I installed that one instead of others, is because I found in working with um, SharePoint Wiki is that, let's say you have a document and you want four people to edit it. Well, in SharePoint with that wiki there, if you send it out to all those four and say, hey, go ahead and edit this, well, if the first user opens it and begins editing, and then the second user opens it and begins editing, and then the second user saves mm-hmm. it first before the first user, then you get some kind of error. The first user gets an error. And unless you, like, go back and copy what you, you know, it's it doesn't handle simultaneous oh. edits at all very well. And that was like a major Oh, I agree. And it's it's actually one of the check marks on um the the um wikimatrix.org how exactly it handles, you know, that change tracking is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, well, with MediaWiki um that you have opportunity you have an opportunity to merge the edits, but also if you notice on like Wikipedia one of the ways they get around these simultaneous edits is they have every section has its own edit button. So oh, the chances true. of two people editing the same section are much less likely than two that's people editing true. the same page. Well, Andy, have any other thoughts about wikis that you want to share um, on this podcast? I don't know. I, I am definitely trying to, you know, people that have been using wikis for two years, uh, you know, and also trying to spread the word that wikis are not this magical instrument of immediate, you know, community building and uh, everything will be all right in the world with your product and with your customer support team. And, you know, I think that there's a great, oh, sorry, that's my cell phone. I think that there's a great, um, it's a great to have this this uh, technology being explored, especially by technical writers, but don't expect it to fix all ailments, I guess. You're a big author at user. Yeah, now, that's the right? main. That, yeah, that that's what we thing? use now. How long have oh, you been using like it? Just like three months. 
Yeah, not very long. Months. Okay. Well, that's good. That, I haven't really... I've, I've opened up a browser and kind of looked in it for, for a little while, but I haven't explored it that much. you like author it? It's, yeah, it's um, your source is stored in a SQL Server database, and it's... You know, so it is kind of topic oriented, and you have to think about chunking, and um, it's it's a really cool. And the new interface that's coming out is going to be really cool, and so I'm kind of blogging every once in a while about how it's going while I learn it, uh, which is always a little risky. Um, yeah, I'm admitting I don't know what I'm talking about, but there is a really neat um, the the author IT users list is really active, and there's really nice people out there and. That's been kind of fun to join in too. So, if people want to go read your blog, and it's at justrightclick.com. Yeah, click. and it's com. The, probably the worst audio URL because it's not the right hand click; it's the write it down on paper click. So, just right click. That's great. And if they want to contact you, can I? Do you want to put your yeah, email um, there, or they can just write a comment, comment on your? There's a there's a contact page on my blog, and uh, lots of ways to contact me. But you know, pretty much everywhere, I'm Ann Gentle. And with an E, all one word, at justrightclick.com or at gmail.com would work. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, and, and I appreciate all your thanks, thoughts. Thanks, Tom. I'm glad to be able to do this.